Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. But if you're new with us today here at Rethink Life, I just want to say we're honored that you're here. You couldn't have picked a better day to be with us here at Rethink Life. Because today, in light of clarity, in light of getting a, a fresh vision for what God wants to do in us and through us, and as we press in in these next 21 days through prayer and through fasting, I really wanted to set aside this day, as we embark upon this new calendar year, really to talk about this whole subject of vision, the whole subject of clarity, and really what it means to your life, to my life, what it means to our marriage, our family, our career, you know, the choices that we make. Really, it comes down to this issue of understanding how vision has a profound impact on our lives. And so here's what the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 18. And we're going to hit this one verse multiple times in multiple ways. But in the King James Version, it says it this way, where there is no Vision, say that word out loud. Vision, where there is no vision, the people what? Say it out loud. Perish. It's interesting. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, if there's no vision, then as a result of a lack of vision, a lack of direction, a lack of understanding, clarity, where there is no vision, hopes die. Dreams die. Marriages die. Careers die. Sadly and unfortunately, churches die. Where there is no vision, there's no life. And so it's important that we realize the power of vision. In fact, in the New King James Version, it says it this way. Where there is no vision, no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, if you don't have a clear vision for your life, then sadly and unfortunately, we really don't know what to do with our life. Therefore, we spend the rest of our life just thinking and hoping and assuming that whatever it is that we're doing is, at the end of the day, going to work out. And sadly and unfortunately, it doesn't always work out the way we had hoped. Because we can't lead ourselves. We've got to have God to lead and guide and navigate, with, and navigate our lives with clarity and with vision. You know, it's an interesting word in the Hebrew for this word vision, and it's pronounced kazon. Everybody say kazon. Say it one more time. Kazon. Not calzone. Not like we're going to get for lunch in here a little bit, okay? But no, kazon. It's a Hebrew word. And what's interesting is that word in Hebrew, kazon, is a word translated as a dream, revelation, or vision for your life. I'm going to give you another, another verse of scripture in Psalm 126, verses 1 and 2. In the NIV, it says it this way. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those, notice, who dreamed. In other words, God was doing something fresh. He was doing a new work in and through our lives. And what's interesting is that the translators actually struggled in many ways defining Really, that word dream, 
to potentially using or replacing the word dream with the word health. And so it's interesting. It says, we were like those who dreamed and our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. So in other words, when we have clarity, when we have a vision for our life, a vision for our future, vision for our marriage, a vision for our family, a vision for our career, a vision for what it is that God wants to do in and through our lives. When we have a vision for our life, listen to this, we are the healthiest in our lives. In other words, we are living our best life. And I don't know about you, but I want to live my best life in 2024, don't you? We all desire for that. We all want that, right? But the question is, how do we get there? The only way we can get to that place of really experiencing all that could be and should be in our lives, living our best life, comes as a result of clarity because of a vision. I want to read you another verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, in the days, in the last days, I should say, in the last days, God says, notice, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, if you were just to pause right there, if you didn't even know what comes after that in terms of the next sentence, you would perhaps maybe reach the conclusion that in the last days, when God says he's going to pour out his last spirit, excuse me, in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on all people, you might easily think, well, man, that just means there's going to be a spiritual movement, a great awakening, a spiritual revival. More and more people are going to get saved. Lives are going to be changed. And yes, that certainly could be and per perhaps is a part of what God is referencing in these latter days before his return, before Christ's return. Hey, we may see an incredible breakthrough. Wouldn't that be amazing? But here's what it actually goes on to say. It actually says... Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So prophecy, vision, dreams come, notice, as a result of vision. When it comes to clarity of what God wants to do. When he pours his spirit out on us, listen, he gives us a fresh vision, and dream for our lives. And that's what we're praying for on an individual basis. I love what 29, excuse me, what Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, the verse we started with, says in the message paraphrase translation. Listen to this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... Notice what he reveals. They are most blessed. So how many of you want to be blessed? That's my prayer for all of you. That you experience God's favor, his blessings, his goodness, his power, his vision, his, his dream for your life. To get clarity. So the question is, is what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to go about living out this dream, this plan, this vision for our lives. Because here's what we know to be true. Everybody, everybody ends up somewhere. 
but few people end up somewhere on purpose. And sadly and unfortunately for a lot of people, we're aiming at a lot of things, but sadly, we're aiming at the wrong things. In the year of 2004, some of you may have heard me share this before. In fact, I um, have told this illustration multiple times because of the power of it. And I want to really just revisit it again because of the relevancy of this moment. Because in 2004, the Olympic Games was held back where it all began in Athens, Greece. And there was one particular Olympian by the name of Matthew Emmons. He was a sharpshooter, a rifleman. And I'm talking about some of the, the most talented, gifted rifle uh, shooters literally in the world competing at the Olympic Games. But even the best of the best were intimidated by this guy by the name of Matthew Emmons. I mean, he was like at a whole nother level. In fact, these people are so skilled at what they do, they actually have the ability to slow down their heart rate. And when they pull the trigger, they have the ability in the skill set, once their heart rate has slowed down to the point of pulling the trigger in between heartbeats. That's how good, accurate these guys are in their ability to shoot with incredible precision. Well, Matthew Emmons had already won his first gold medal on his way, I mean by a mile, on his way to literally get his second gold medal. And all he had to do at this point, because he had such a huge margin in terms of his lead between all the other people behind him, on this particular situation, as he lined up and he pulled out his rifle, and as he took aim, listen to this, he literally hit the bullseye. He didn't have to hit the bullseye. He could just could literally have hit anywhere on the board, and he would have been guaranteed a, a gold medal. But he lines up, and not only does he hit the target, I mean he nails it. He hits dead aim in the center of the bullseye and then all of a sudden you could hear a grasp in the audience when Matthew Emmons discovered exactly what had just happened and they caught his expression on camera and I want you to check out this picture and you know what he did he not only hit the bullseye he nailed it he hit the target. But the problem was, he had aimed at the wrong target. You see that look on his face? You'd feel the same way, right? But I've been seeing this look on people's faces for 35 years that I've been in ministry. In other words, a lot of people kind of have that same reaction where it's kind of like, I thought I was dating the right person. I th thought I married the right person. I thought these friends were good people. I thought this was the career path I was supposed to go. And what happens is we're aiming at the wrong targets. So you know what I want to do today? 
I want to help anybody who's ever had this expression on your face. I want to help it go away, okay? Because today, I want us to refocus. I want us to gain new clarity. Because you probably have heard me say this before, but I'll say it again because it's worth saying. You see, a good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps you from the best thing. And what we need more than anything right here at the beginning of this new calendar year is a fresh vision so that we can line up and hit the bullseye, the target that God has planned for our lives. Amen? So today, we're going to learn exactly what that means. How do we focus? How do we hit the bullseye with our lives? And I think, you know, even in... in in, in my heart as I've been processing a lot of things in my life and even as it relates on a corporate level to us as a church you know it's so important that again we stay on point we, we that we aim our sights on the things that matter most and at the end of the day we have to stay true to the calling stay true to the mission and the vision of who we are and who we're not where we're going and how we're going to get there and what is our aim? What is it at the end of the day that God wants us to pursue? What is his vision for our lives? What is his vision for our marriage? What is his vision for our church? I mean, what is his vision? Well, when it comes to us as a church, here's the way we like to say it. Rethink Life exists to help people know God, to help people grow stronger, discover purpose, and make a difference. Know God, grow stronger, discover purpose, make a difference. You're going to hear that language a lot throughout this calendar year. In fact, there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing throughout this calendar year. And we're going to say this and we're going to repeat this over and over and over. Because vision is like oxygen. you got to breathe it in and you got to breathe it out. we got to say it. we got to wheel it. we got to... Deal it until everybody can feel it. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to refresh ourselves when it comes to the vision. We need to do that in our homes, in our marriage, with our kids, and as a family. Guys, this is who we are as a family. This is who we are as a couple. This is who we are becoming. This is where God is leading us. And I promise you, when we pursue it that way, that's when the Bible says you are most blessed because we're getting in on God's vision for our lives. So what is God's vision for us as a church? Number one is this, to know him, to know God. That's it, to know God. And how do we know God? We know God by establishing a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. In fact, I want to take a moment to celebrate something that I think is pretty cool as it relates to what we accomplished in 2023 as a church. Did you know that over the course, back we just had these numbers revealed to us right at the very last moment because I wanted to make sure all numbers were calculated for when it came to people praying to receive Christ at the end of 2023 on literally on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, in our online New Year's Eve service, services, we had, we've had over 117 people give their lives to establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We had 17 people at our Christmas Eve services who texted the words RTL Jesus to the number 97,000. Come on, somebody. So that's, 
just the beginning of why we do what we do. We want to help people know God. And how, pe how people know God is by establishing a relationship with God. But here's something that I think is very, very important for us to understand. What does it even mean to establish a relationship with Christ? What does it even, even mean to be saved? You probably have heard that term or that phrase used before. You know, I've been saved or I've given my life to Jesus Christ. What does that really mean? I want to let Jesus articulate that in his own words. Because in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38, it's an incredible, incredible moment that Jesus defines what it really means to be saved, to be a follower of his. And this is right after, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 crowds were, I mean, man, they were, they were flowing. They were, they were coming from out of the woodwork to see, to hear, to be around, to experience the incredible miracles that Jesus was performing. But notice what he said in verse 34 of Mark chapter 8. He said, then calling the crowd, in other words, he wasn't interested in, in the crowd per se. He wasn't necessarily trying to attract the Sunday morning only crowd. It says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, listen, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So just right there, Jesus was putting a disclaimer on it. He was basically saying, Hey, that goes beyond just praying a prayer. It goes beyond just texting RTL Jesus. That's the starting point. But what he's even taking it a step further to help us understand, he's not interested in fans. He's interested in followers. He's not interested in our comfort. He wants to know, are we willing to be committed? So what he's saying is, is that we must be willing to give up our own way, our preferences, our desires, what we want and how we want things to roll. we got to be willing to take up our cross. In other words, there's got to be some giving up of some things. There's got to be some sacrifice. we got to get uncomfortable with some things. we got to be willing to go through some challenges we got to be willing to be persecuted a little bit. we got to be willing to even die to ourselves. we got to be willing to take up our cross daily to follow him. And then he goes on to say, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Notice he just continues to raise the bar as he's defining what it means to be his follower. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? So what does it benefit you if you get the job you've always wanted, you know, the spouse you've always wanted, the house you've always wanted, you know, the, the perks you've always wanted, you know, the, the fame, the fortune, the money you've always wanted. What good does it do to get everything you could have ever asked for, ever dreamed of, ever experienced in this life? What good does it do to benefit from all those things and forfeit your own soul? 
Then he goes on to say, is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. So he's not talking about, you know, walking through the, the little tiptoe through the tulips kind of a lifestyle of Christianese. What he's talking about is an all-in commitment. It's going to cost us something. And so again, he's not looking for a crowd. He's looking for commitment. He's, he, he is not impressed with followers. He could care less about Instagram or Facebook, you know, and all that. He wants true followers who will follow him. That's what salvation is all about. And if I could summarize salvation in one word, here it is. It's the word surrender. That's it. Surrender. And what do we surrender? We surrender our life to his ways. We surrender our life to his ways. So our goal in our life as followers of Jesus to know God, listen to this, is to put God, put Jesus on the throne of our lives he must become more, I must become less. I'm going to surrender my will, my preferences, and I'm going to surrender ultimately to his will and to his ways. And in doing that, we will truly encounter, I believe, the best version of God's favor and blessings on our lives in this life we could ever imagine. doesn't say it's going to be easy, but it's just the fact that when we do it His way and we surrender our will, God's going to bless and take care of our lives. So what good does it do to gain everything the world throws at us if we forfeit our souls? And guys, I just want you to know, right here at the beginning of this calendar year, as a church, we, as a church called Rethink Life, we want to do everything we can to help people do just that, to rethink their life. And how do they do that? By understanding who God is. And not just understanding who God is, we want people to know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's why... We do what we do. And that's important for us to understand when it comes to gaining clarity and vision for our own lives. Is to know that God has got to come first in every single area of our lives. But we don't want to just stay there. No, 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 no. We want to go to the next level. And that is we want to grow stronger. So turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, know God. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, grow stronger. And here's the reason why that's so important. Because in Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, and i got to hurry here. And now, Paul said, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, notice, you must continue to follow him. Did you hear that? You must continue to follow him. So what that means is, is that we don't pray a prayer and say, oh, 
got my fire insurance. At least I'm not going to hell anymore. No, we got to continue to follow him. What did Jesus say? Take up your cross daily, follow him. And then, and then it says these words, and then let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. So I just want you to know, that is my prayer for every single person in this room, including myself, is that we will grow stronger spiritually in our lives. And the only way that we can grow stronger spiritually in our lives is when we understand that the only way that we can gain strength is by allowing the roots of our faith to grow deeper and to grow stronger into Christ through his word. That's so vitally important. But here's what breaks my heart. What breaks my heart is that a lot of people have good intentions. They want to do right. They want to grow spiritually in their life. But sadly and unfortunately, because they never allowed their roots to grow deeper and stronger in Christ, in his word, where they allowed the foundation of their life to grow strong, too many people that continue to live with a fragile faith. Therefore, when they encounter what I call the five P's, and here are the five P's, their past, pain, problems, pressure, and difficult people, when they encounter one of those five situations, one of those issues in their life, guess what? Because their faith is fragile, they drop like flies. And the reason why they fall and they fail in their faith is because they never allowed their faith to grow deep and strong in Christ through his word. So I would encourage you to read John chapter 15. It's just an incredible passage of scripture about abiding in Christ, staying connected with him and his word and his word abiding in us. So what we want to do is we want to go all in in 2024 if we want more in 2024, if we want to grow stronger spiritually in our lives, then we got to stay connected to the power source. we got to stay connected to the vine. And here's the best place to stay connected. You ready for this? It's the local church. You see, I was expecting you to get to that at some point, Pastor. But it's the truth. And here's the reason why. Psalm 92 verse 13 says it this way. Those planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of of our God. Let me tell you something. If you try to grow spiritually on your own, it's going to be very difficult. If you isolate yourself from, from the church and from other brothers and sisters in Christ, from the spiritual family of God, I promise you, you are going to have a fragile faith. It's like taking a, a, a heap of coals. If you take that, that, that heap of coals that is on fire, it's blazing hot, and you get some, some little uh, you know, prongs and you happen to take one of those hot coals that's burning hot, white hot I may add. You literally take one of those coals and you take one of them, just one of them off of that pile of coals and you set it off to the side. I promise you within a few hours that hot flaming coal is what? It's going to cool off. 
That's exactly what happens with a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I know God. But yet their faith is fragile and the moment they encounter issues from their past, they walk through pain in their life, that they feel pressure of things weighing down on their life. Mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, vocationally, in the career, with their kids. Whatever the situation may be, whatever pressures, whatever problems, circumstances they encounter, or perhaps whatever people that they're in conflict with, all of a sudden rocks their world. And you know what happens? I've been doing this for 35 years. They leave the church, and they'll blame the church, they'll blame the pastor, and oftentimes they will even blame God, and they'll say, that God stuff, the church stuff, just didn't work for me. Well, let me just speak the truth in love. You guys know I love you, right? But sometimes you need a coach to get you in the locker room and just kind of tell it like it is, you know what I'm saying? And so right here at the beginning of 2024, I just want to say to you, because I love you and I want God's best for you, I want his favor on you, I want more in 2024 for all of us. Let me tell you something, you get out of it what you put into it. How many of you have joined a gym? You've already joined a gym, come on, you've already signed up. You've said, you bought, you've already drank the Kool-Aid. Man, you, you, you already got your tight tights. Yeah, you got your little running shoes, all matches. You got your little logo. You got your new headphones. You got your new bag. You're going to be walking in the gym. I want to know where you're going to be in May. Hey, I've been there, done that. Trust me. I got the tight tights to show for it, too. Michelle can verify that. I'm talking about the cool ones, though. I got cool ones. They're cool. I would encourage you to read a book called Atomic Habits. A guy by the name of James Clear says it this way. New goals don't deliver new results. New lifestyles do. And a lifestyle is a process, not an outcome. For this reason, all of our energy should go into building better habits, not chasing better results. What does that have to do with spiritual growth? Spiritual growth is not a destination. It is a journey. It is a process. You see, it's not about what you do in a day. It's what you do daily. It is our personal habits. It is the process by which we grow we mature, we develop, we get stronger and stronger. It's the maturation of our faith. It's the consecration. It, it is the sanctification, the, if you want a spiritual Bible word, that talks about the whole aspect of pulling away from the things of the world. And we become and we grow in character to become more and more and more like Jesus himself. Because that's the goal. That's the goal. And here's what Philippians 1.6 says. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know what that means? That simply means we're all a work in progress. So look at your neighbor, look at him and say, you are a work in progress. And that, that person needs to turn back to that other person and say, I already knew that. And so are you. 
So we all are a work in progress. You see, the Bible says we're going to either work out our salvation. There's the part, it's that balance of working in, that's what God does, but it's the part on, on our part of working out our salvation. It's the balance of faith and works. So we have to do our part. Again, we get out of it what we put into it. So here are the, here are the best ways, listen, here are the best ways to grow stronger in our faith. Number one is just to spend time daily with God in his word. That's why we're doing 21 days of prayer. Listen, get the Bible app, do a one-year Bible reading plan. I'm doing it all over again. I'll be honest with you, I skipped it last year. You said, Pastor, you mean you didn't read the Bible verbatim from cover to cover last year? No, I didn't. If that disqualifies me, then then I'm in good company. Because you didn't either. There There may be a few superstars in here, but anyway. We're all a work in progress, amen? So here's the thing. We've got to commit the habits, the process to pursue God daily so that we can grow stronger. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says it this way, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things in your marriage, with your kids, in your finances, in your career, in your decisions, in your relationships. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So next Sunday, you know what we're doing? We're starting a three-part series. It's going to take us to the end of this month to coincide with 21 days of prayer. And here is the title of the series, How to Get Fat. You say, I like this series. What do you all serve? We're going to have ice cream cookies for everybody. No, 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 no. I'm talking about not get fit. We're going to talk about how to get fat. And you've got to come to learn more about that. Some important character, characteristics that we're going to learn about through some of the great giants of our faith. And one of the best ways is not only to spend time with God daily to grow spiritually, to get stronger, but to connect with others in life groups. Guys, we're getting ready to roll out starting in February, the first Sunday of February. We're, we're going to be launching uh, life groups, and we're going to be doing training, some Zoom call trainings um, that you can go online and sign up for. And I'm so excited about what we're doing. In fact, uh, guys, let me just throw this out. We're launching something new I'm super pumped about. We finally found a place to meet. It's right here outside of the Eagle Creek um, uh, community subdivision uh, there at the hotel, the home, home two suites or whatever it's called. Anyway, it's, we're, we're having uh, a breakfast the first Friday. We're calling it First Fridays with the Men Brotherhood. In fact, there's a QR code that you can scan. But just on the first Friday of every month, we're getting all the men together from 6.30 a.m. to 8 prompt. I'm talking about sharp 8 a.m. from 6.30 to 8 a.m. on the first Friday of every month where men can gather 
Because iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, so one person sharpens another. We need one another, men. And ladies, you're going to be doing the same thing through some of the she nights and different events that, that are going to be happening to help grow the faith and to get stronger in our relationships with one another. But listen, we need people in our lives. Listen, we need wisdom and we need accountability and we need encouragement from people in our lives. Because listen, we can't get stronger alone. We need people in our lives. We are better, we're healthier, and we're stronger together. Amen? We need one another. So no excuse to say, well, I'd love to, but I can't. No. Commit to the things that matter. we got to aim for the right thing so we can hit the bullseye of God's vision for our lives. So if we're going to want to grow stronger, we got to surround ourselves with the right people. Let me move on to the next one. Number three, and that is discover purpose. So I'm just not going to spend a lot of time here, but Ephesians 2.10 says, says it this way. For we are God's masterpiece, and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Notice, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You got to understand that even before you were born into this world, God had a plan, He had a design for your life. And you got to understand that the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become a follower of His, do you realize the scripture teaches us that not only is the Holy Spirit take up residence in our, in our lives. In other words, God's presence through the Holy Spirit lives within us. But the Bible says that he gives us spiritual gifts. There are grace gifts. There are special abilities that God gifts us with to do things to advance, to build up the body and to advance the kingdom of God. And so if we're not exercising those gifts and using those gifts in a way that fulfills God's purpose, then we are missing the bullseye. We're not aiming at the right target with our lives. And so your career is what you get paid for. But listen, your calling is what you are made for. And you've got to understand that there is a call and a gift that God has given you as a follower of Jesus Christ. And not only is it our responsibility to help you know what those gifts are, but as a result, he wants us to exercise those gifts so that the body of Christ can be built up, can grow strong and healthy and make the greatest contribution to the kingdom of God that we can with our gifts and our abilities that God has given us. Come on, somebody. Are y'all with me today? Man, this is so important. So with that, on the first Sunday of February, there's going to be a lot going on the first, first Sunday of February. We're rolling a lot of stuff out. But one of the things we're also rolling out the first Sunday of February is something new. We're no longer doing what we call the welcome party. We're going back to something that we've done, but we've made some revisions to it, and we're calling it starting point. And it's just a two-step process. That's all it is. But one of those steps is going to introduce you to how you can know what your spiritual gifts are. 87% of Christians inside churches in America today do not know or have ever discovered what their spiritual gifts are. We're going to teach you what those are so you can not only know what those are and how they relate to you and what gifts you have, but how God wants to use them to make a difference for him. And so we're really excited about this because, listen, life is too short to miss the bullseye that God has for our life. 
So why do we do what we do? To help people know God, grow stronger, discover purpose, and then last of all, make an impact. That's it. To make an impact. Now think about it. Remember what Jesus said? What does it do if a person gains the whole world and loses their own soul? What does it do if we accomplish all of these things in life, in our career? What good does it do if we make a bunch of money or we climb this huge ladder of success to do whatever, to lead whatever company, to achieve whatever aspirations or reach whatever goals or, or perhaps achieve and accomplish all of these amazing things in this life if, 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 if. It doesn't matter for eternity. And sadly and unfortunately, too many people are spending their lives and spending their energy and their time and their money and stuff and towards things to accomplish certain ambitions that at the end of the day won't last forever. The great evangelist by the name of Deal Moody in the 19th century said these words. He said, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. I don't know about you, but I want my life to matter. I want this church to make an eternal impact to mark the lives of people that are going to last forever in eternity in heaven. And what you need to understand is that God's vision for your life, for mine, for your marriage, if you're married, for your family, even in your workplace. The Bible says, Paul said, we are Christ ambassadors. Jesus called us to be salt and light. And so what you got to understand is that he placed us on this earth. God gave us the gift of life. Some of us are going to get a little longer than others. Some are shorter than others. At the end of the day, it's what we do with the dash. We have two dates. We have the date that we're born. And we have the date that we die. But the question is, what do we do with the dash in between? Because that's what we get. And that's how we make an impact. By what we do with our time, our talent, and our treasure. It's been said the two greatest days, the two greatest days that we'll ever experience in this life. Number one is the day we were born. And number two is the day we discovered why. And when we get the revelation and the vision, the cause zone, the dream of 
what God's dream and vision is for our life. When we surrender our will to His will, we surrender our ways to His ways, and God's vision becomes our vision, then everything we do is about helping people know God, grow stronger, discover purpose, make an impact. Say those words with me. Know God, grow stronger, discover purpose, make an impact. One more time. Know God, grow stronger, discover purpose, make an impact. Hey, 2024, I want you to look out the front windshield because there is nothing but a bright future in front of us. There is nothing, listen, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that God can't do in us and through us. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all, I mean more than we could ever think or imagine because He is God. He is with us. He is for us. And like we say all the time here at Rethink Life, let's do great things together. Amen? God wants to do great things in 2024. And so let's bow our heads together. And as our heads are bowed and we take this moment, you know, there may be some of us in this room and, and, and maybe, just maybe, you've never really established a personal relationship with Jesus. And just like we always do at the end of every service, we always want to give people an opportunity to at least begin the journey. Because like I said earlier, Christianity, it's not a destination. It's a process. It's a journey. And that journey begins by simply surrendering your life, your will to God's ways. And today I just want to encourage you. If you've never established that relationship, you've never admitted to God that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. If you've never admitted your sin to God, that simply means you're just agreeing with God that your sin is what is causing you to fall short of His plan, His purpose for your life. All we have to do is confess. All we have to do is admit to God. And so if that's your need today, you can pray right now. You can establish that relationship. And you can simply just pray these words in your heart after me. Just say, dear God, I admit to you that I am a sinner. I turn away from my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. And today I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today I commit my life to you. I surrender my life and my will to your ways. 
Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for, Lord, just the example that you gave to us through your son, Jesus Christ, who surrendered his life to your will and to his ways, into into your ways. And so, Father, we thank you that, Lord, because Christ was resurrected from the grave, we too can live in victory. We too can be overcomers. And God, we want nothing more than to be his ambassadors, to make an impact with our lives, with our time, our talent, our treasure. God, we want to go all in with you this year of 2024. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody, let's give God a shout of praise. Can we do that? Well, hey, I'm going to just wrap up our time by saying this. Um, today, if you prayed that prayer and you invited Christ into your life, you prayed that prayer with me, would you do me a huge favor? You can do one of two things. Take that little uh, connection card that was right there in your seat when you sat down. And you'll notice right there at the beginning, the little place you can fill out. But there's a little blue line in one of those little spaces in there. It says, I'm committing my life to Jesus. So today, if you prayed that prayer with me, I would love to know that. You can put a check mark there in that little blank space. That will let us know that you made that important uh, commitment in your heart. We want to come alongside you and help you take those next steps in your journey. Or if you'd rather go new school, you can simply take your phone and text the words RTL Jesus to the number 97,000. And what that will do is that will shoot you a little digital form that you can fill out and submit back to us. Uh, the third Sunday of this month, uh, we're going to be doing baptism. And I want to challenge you, if you've never been baptized by immersion, remember that verse I read in Mark 8 where Jesus said, if you'll be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you and you stand before my Father. We're getting baptized as our way of demonstrating publicly to other people that, hey, we are followers of Jesus Christ. And so what that simply means is that we're saying before others, hey, I put my faith in Jesus and I'm not ashamed of, of Jesus. I have decided to make him Lord of my life. That's why we give you a I Decided t-shirt because it's our way of demonstrating our faith publicly. So if you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, you can text the words I Decided to that number 97,000 and that will do the same. We'll shoot you a little digital form or you can go out to uh, the Connect tent, talk to somebody about getting baptized. I, I, I hope that we'll have a whole slew of people right here at the beginning of the year that will not just sign up but take that all important next step in your faith journey. And then also to sign up for our starting point classes. Uh, There's two steps to that. And I just want to encourage the whole church to go through it. I think it's always good just to kind of get a refresher. It's always a great exercise to find ways and to learn ways you can grow and learn how you can be better connected and surround yourself with the right people and to ultimately make your life count to make an impact for the glory of God. And last thing, and that is, uh, let's, hey, let's fund the vision this year. I cannot tell you how proud and how grateful I am for the amazing generosity of Rethink Life Church. One of our core values is generosity is our way. We always just want to lead the way with generosity. We achieved some huge milestones in 2023. Do you realize we raised over, listen to this, over 400 
$10,000 in just over 90 days. Come on, somebody. That allowed us, that allowed us to secure a, 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 a piece of property to serve as our future church home. And uh, I had a meeting uh, this past Friday with our architect. And uh, man, we're moving along. I'm super excited. Probably early spring, we're going to do an unveil of what the future of Rethink Life Church is going to look like. Give you a little mini tour of some of that. It's going to be incredible. I'm so excited about what God has in store for 2024. So listen, in order for us to help people know God, help people grow stronger in their faith, to help people discover their purpose and make an impact. We got to get behind that vision so we can fund the ministries of Rethink Life, so we can impact children, impact students, young adults, couples, families, men, women. Listen, we can do great things together when we all come together and do what God wants to do. Amen. Well, let's pray as we pray over our offering. Father, we thank you for the opportunity today as we get to sow in and, and invest into 2024. Lord, you say that those who sow generously will also reap generously. And so, Father, today, as we start fresh, maybe for some of us, maybe it's the first time we've ever stepped out in faith and we've given a gift. Maybe for some, it's starting the process of doing something consistently by putting you first in our life and in our finances, leading with the seed. Lord, of just saying, God, we're going to sow into what you want to do in and through my life. Putting you first is an act of worship. Lord, I'm returning what belongs to you back to you so you can take it, use it, and multiply it to make an eternal impact. So Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we're excited about what you have in store for our lives. We consecrate our time to you. Lord, starting 21 days of prayer, we commit our ways to you. Lord, we're excited and expected and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet and let's worship as we give today.
Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.